Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit iloveSCBC.org. Good morning, church, and happy new year. Can you just turn to your family? I'm sure that you'd say that, but can you say that one more time as you just hold their hands, just hug them by saying, Happy New Year. Let's do that. Happy New Year. Can you believe it? Oh my Lord, that we are standing on this new year, year 2021. Wow. Just hearing this number, 2021, it sounds so unreal, which reminds me of this uh, hearing this new year, the millennium, 2000. I had the same feeling. You know, when we are getting into this 1991 to 2000, we feel like, oh my God, what would happen when we are getting into this new millennium? A lot of conspiracy theories going on at that time. Oh, you know what? There will be the second coming of God by the end of 1990. Uh, this computer, based on this DOS language, they only recognize that time zero and one. So when this whole year, new millennium, turned to number two, we experienced chaos. Of course, nothing happened. <laughs> And one of the most important things during the new millennium, year 2000, is the very year that I graduate from my college. And as a young and passionate and energetic 22-old man, I thought I, my, I, I was able to plan out all my life. I thought my life was all figured out. You know, I was able to plan, and this is my life journey but 22 years later, fast forward, if you were to ask me right now, Pastor, had anything that you pointed out 20 years ago that happened? I said, no, nothing. Nothing happened the way that I expect my life journey was going to be. That's life, isn't it? Life is full of uncertainties and unexpectances. Life is funny and life is interesting. It's like a famous singer, John Rennan, once said that I quote, Life is what happens to you while you are busy making other plans. That's our life. Reflect on year 2020. I'm sure that many of you agree that was the most difficult time in our life. And our life history ever. As a minister, I experienced so many deaths. So many struggles, so many pains, and so many sufferings from our families and families and their relatives and their neighbors. It was a painful time. Unexpected, uncertain, unprecedented time. But despite all that, it is just amazing to know when I reflect on this past year that how God, with his mighty power and with his mighty sovereignty and, and, and providence, how he Use this twist and turns and then losses and unexpected things and to weave all together to create our life that is in store for us according to his plan. Amen. And that's why this morning I'd like to just take a few moments to preach on the subject of the power of God. The power of God. And I entitled today's message... The year 2021, embracing the power of God. That's my title. In fact, would you just say that with me? Year 2021, embracing the power of God. 
Let me ask this question. How many of you are desperately in need of receiving and embracing God's power? You see my hands up. Really, without God's power, without God's guidance, I don't even know how to deal with it. I don't even know how to deal with this whole new year and new life. We all admit, if you're a Christian, that we need the power of God, especially as we are embarking this new year 2021. Reflect on what all the other biblical figures did. It was so amazing and fascinating to know God used his power and to turn this ordinary to extraordinary, turn this marginalized to become the center of this nation, turn this least to the most important. When someone embraced the power of God, they were able to become from the ordinary to extraordinary, to from this normal to special, or from this the, the least marginalized, to be extra important, to be the center of the whole nation. That is the power of God. Just uh, referring to a couple of examples, a few examples from the Bible. Think about the life of Moses. He found himself to, to, uh, toward the second half. He was a murderer. He found himself flocking in the wilderness of Midian. He was a smelly shepherd. When he was in the least of the least, God showed himself upon him through the burning bush. When most embraced the power of God, God was able to turn this least and marginalized one to become the greatest spiritual leader of the nation ever. He had a lot of faults. He had a lot of this, this full of you know, questions and doubts. But despite that, God with his power was able to use him and turn him to be the greatest man in the world at that time. Think about the life of David. He was young and same as Moses. He was young and shepherd. And at one point of his life, he found himself fleeing from the entire army of the nation of Israel. Try to kill him. But when he embraced the power of God, not only God provided him to sustain through this one of the most difficult times, God eventually turned his circumstance and used him to become the king of the nation of Israel. Think about the example of, let's say, Daniel. When he was going through the most difficult time of his life in exile, even to the one point in his life, he was thrown into the den of the lion. When Daniel embraced the power of God, not only he was safe against this, 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 this angry and you know, hungry lion, he was able to become the second most important in the nation of Babylon. Think about prophet Elijah. The reason he was able to win this, this seemingly impossible battle himself and 850, you know, prophet and prophecies of the Val and Asherah. And they were actually having this battle. Whose God is going to send the fire to consume the sacrifice from this altar? He was able to win when he embraced the power of God. Fast forward in the New Testament. All these disciples. When you think about their social classes, their, their life, and there are nobodies. There were nobodies, right? Think about that. They're all but fishermen and tax collectors. This, far from being normal, far from even being ordinary people, 
when they received the power of God, God was able to turn their life to become the extraordinary people. When they preached, the thousands of the thousands of people received Jesus Christ and they were able to be baptized in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. They were able to not even afraid of afraid of being dead, afraid of being death. They were even so passionately and confidently going out and plant the gospel and spread a word. How that was possible? That's because of the power of God. The last example that I'd like to share with you, it's not the end of my sermon. Um, the last example from all these people, who was, their life was turned to the extraordinary because of the power of God. The great example is found in today's passage. The book of Judges chapter 6. The life of Gideon. I know many of you know Gideon is one of 19 judges that's right before this United Kingdom from the Saul, David, and Solomon of the nation of Israel. And many of you know that Gideon, oh, he was a great man of faith, strong spiritual and political leader. He was able to use just 300 men only to be able to defeat over uh, 100,000 enemies of the Midianite. But not many of us know that where he was before he received the power of God. Okay? That's my sermon. Okay? Um, as if that you are watching this commercial of the diet or this kind of skin product. You always see this the before and after. That's it. We know the after mostly his life, the life of the Gideon. But not many of us, not many of us know this, the life of Gideon before. So that's what we are going to focus on and hoping that we can find a lot of relevances of our life, hoping that we'll be able to find once we receive the power of God, we can be like Gideon. We can be like Gideon. Okay. So the scripture is taken from the book of Judges chapter six, verse 11 through 16. If you have a Bible, tablet, um, Bible app, when I ask you to open your Bible to turn to the book of Judges, it's immediately after the book of Joshua. Judge chapter 6, verse 11 through 16. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the ark in Ophrah that belonged to Josh the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was thrashing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianite. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? We are all his wonders that our ancestor told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianite living, known, alive. For this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Now let's take a moment to think about before 
Gideon's, okay? The, the before who he was and how he was living his life. Because we, as I said, we all know after Gideon, okay? So let's think about this commercial of Gideon before. And we can find a lot of hints from this passage about who he was and what kind of circumstances he was facing in that time. The first thing that we can find here is the angel of the Lord. When the angel came and that's when the Gideon was thrashing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianite. Let me just explain to you, okay, what he was doing right now. Now, he was doing some harvesting, right? He was threshing wheat. It's supposed to be done in a spacious place where there are a lot of winds and a lot of rooms. But he found himself doing this in a wine press. What do I mean by that? You have to know a little bit more about their culture. At the time, wine is so important. Because there were, were not, not much of this pure water. So they were using wine as a source of water. And then wine is one of the things that they should have when they have, you know, it's just, just feast and also parties. So when they are making wines out of grapes, out of juice, the way they do is they choose the log, the rock, okay? And they make this hole that probably big Enough for one person to be in halfway through. That's a hole. Halfway through or even one third. And then at the end of that hole on the rock. And they make this uh, little narrow and tiny path or trail. That also leads to the, the small another hole. The kind of bottom. So what they do is they throw all this grape that they harvest. They kind of squeeze. Okay. And then once they squeeze that when they the juice out of their grapes. And then juice kind of going down through this narrow trail into the hole. So this wine press, it's like more like a circle and a rock, but it's not too deep. It's very small. So I want you to picture what Gideon was doing. He was uh, having this, uh, you know, thrashing wind in this small hole, hiding like this, and looking at if any Midianite is going to come and catch me. See that? He was in Desperate circumstances. He was living in a fear. He was in hopeless and helpless circumstances. That's where his circumstance was. On top of that, secondly, he was also full of doubts and anger against God. We can find it here from the passage here. Um, when Gideon said, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. You see what Gideon is complaining here? He has been a worse full of anger full of doubts for the circumstances, because of the circumstance, what's happening around him. You know what? I get it. God is real. But if God is with me, with us right now, how he allow this, this evil things, this injustice happening in my life and my life of my people. God is real. But God is often, at least in my life, in the nation of Israel. He was full of anger. He was also doubting the God's love and God's power. Says here, I get it. 
you know, from our past and ancestors, God's power was empowered them to use Moses, taking all these enslaved Israel people, leading them through this wilderness, enter them into this promised land. But I don't think that God is with us, the same God. God is mad at us. He abandoned us. Gideon is finding his life himself. They're full of anger and full of doubt. Why? Because he could not comprehend. He could not understand the circumstances that has been happening against him. Think about that. There's not a lot of correlations of what happened to our life in 2020. All of a sudden, that our life was just, just, just struck by this virus. We've never experienced this type of life before in our life. And I heard a lot of people saying, the Lord, where's God? I mean, the pastor, where is God? If God is with us, how he allow this virus in our nation, causing the hundreds and thousands of people died and then millions of people and their lives being destroyed and impacted by this virus. Where's God? I feel like God abandoned our nation. I'm sure many of you feel that way. That's exactly how Gideon felt at that time. But I want you to be mind you, even though that we are complaining and full of angers, when we fix our eyes upon the circumstances, right? But when we fix our eyes upon God, and we find the way that we can be perhaps understanding more than what we can do. Think about our life. Their life is full of uncertainties. Life is full of unexpectances. If we tend to fix our eyes upon what is happening around us, that will limit you. That will limit you from understanding the capacity and the power of God. So I'm going to ask you to fix your eyes upon God, not focus on what is happening. And that is what before Gideon was becoming the judge. That's where he was. He was full of anger. He was full of doubt. He was in desperate circumstance and in those circumstances. And he was also in hopeless and helpless circumstances. On top of that, Bible says, and also when God says, I am sending you. So you go in your strength and save the Israel of, um, save, the, save the Israel out of Midian's hand. This is what Gideon replied. That's just interesting to see this man. Gideon said, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my family. Oh, on top of all his complaining and fears and doubts and hopeless circumstances, he also having this self-pity party right now. He's dealing with this inferiority complex. I am the victim. God, I can't do that. Even if you are showing me, and even if the, you are saying that you're going to be using me to deliver my people, no, 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 you picked the wrong person. Because I know, I know better than you <laughs> that I am. I came from this least Bless the family. I, I am the least of the list. I am the victim. I am not qualified. Lord, you picked the wrong person. That's where Gideon was before he embraced the power of God. He said this. No, 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 no. I am not. I am not. I am not. I am not even close to the person that you are going to be using. You see that? Before Gideon. 
He was full of anger. He was full of fear. He was full of hopeless and helpless and circumstances. On top of that, he was doing all this self-pity party 24-7. He was just filled. He felt like I'm the victim. He was suffering from this inferiority complex. That's the Gideon before he embraced the power. Now, let's talk about our second half. How God responds to the person like him. The least possibly to fulfill God's mission. Today's passage says, when the angel appeared to him, and the title that Lord called him is just such an amazing. It says this, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Amen. God knew his past. God knew his social class. God knew his birth order. God knew his feeling, right? But when God appeared to him through the angel, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Amen. While the Gideon fixed his eyes upon circumstances, try to limit himself from the past, what he could do, God's view is quite different. God sees from his perspective, from his power, what he is going to be. While this Gideon was kind of defining his future based on his past and his presence, God has already greatest future for him. It's amazing the view upon this Gideon from God is quite different a view of Gideon himself. Amen? God's view on Gideon, regardless of his circumstances, was promising mighty warrior. While Gideon was really limiting himself, full of anger, saying, that, no, 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 I am the victim. I can do nothing. Brothers and sisters, what are your excuses right now? What kind of anger and then this fear that you have in your life? What kind of doubts and questions that will limit you? I hope that you will not be able to use your past, use your in the weakest moment to define your future. I hope you'll be able to view and see your future from the perspective of God. That's what happened when you received the power of God. God says, mighty warrior. That's your title. That's my title. Regardless of your educational level, regardless of your knowledge and wisdom, regardless of your possession and wealth, regardless of your social, political power, fame, whatever that is, God says, doesn't matter. You are my mighty warrior. In fact, would you say that with me? Use your name. And then he said, you are my mighty warrior. David, you are my mighty warrior. As if God is telling us, amen and amen. Second thing that God also really enlightening us, enlightening us through this passage is this. God says, even though Gideon was just um, sharing his full of questions and doubts, and this pessimistic attitude, and God says this, Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. I think it's really interesting. God says, go in the strength who had? You have. God didn't say that go in the strength that I'm going to pour out to you. You know, go into the strength that I'm going to make you or increase you through all this this disciplines and then trials and, you know, all this, the, the, you know, training that I'm going to give it to you. No, no, no. God said to Gideon, go with your own strengths. In other words, God says, 
Go right now with what you have. Don't wait that you are going to be ready. You know, you're spiritually, physically, mentally. Oh, I have to pray for a year, year and a half. I'm going to be ready to be able to accomplish God's goal. No, no, no. God says, no, go right now. And he says, I will be with you. You may not have my full power and strength at the beginning, but you will see as you take the next step, I'm going to be with you. As you take the father's step, I'm going to be ahead of you and to prepare your way. So go. And I think this is a word of encouragement for many of us. Many of us who's been waiting. Oh, I'm not enough. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know the little bit of Bible. I've just started being Christian. I don't even know how to pray. Why don't you take a step of faith? Get out of your comfort zone. Don't limit yourself. And just go. The same way God said, go in your strengths, whatever you have. And you may experience God's presence, God's guidance, God's providence, and God's power. I want to end this sermon today. I hope you find a lot of encouragement. As I was reading this and studying this passage, I found a lot of you know, correlation with Gideon before he became the greatest spiritual leader and political leader as a judge. He was nothing, nobody. He felt like, you know, he was a victim doing the whole self-pity party. He was full of anger and doubts against God. The things that he can under- she couldn't understand from the circumstances. He was also in the desperate and fear, hopeless and helpless circumstances. And while he was in that circumstances, God seeing him in a different view, he called him as mighty warrior. He also encouraged him to go with what you have because I am going to be with you. Brothers and sisters, so we enter this new year, year 2021. I want you to enter this new year filled with the power of God. I want you to realize that as a Christian, you already have all you need. Can I get an amen? So I encourage and, uh, and challenge you to trust God more than ever you have in this year, 2021. And may you see all your mountains, all your obstacles, and in your life, as opportunities for God to show you his mighty power. And I promise you, I promise you, if you do that, your faith will grow just as Gideon's did. And you will accomplish things that you have never thought otherwise. So my beloved brothers and sisters, my question that I leave with you is this. Will you, like Gideon, have the faith to go where God is calling you in this new year, 2021, as you entrust the power of God? Will you, like Gideon, have the faith to go where God is calling you to in this new year, as you entrust the power of God? Let us pray. Our Father God, we find ourselves a lot like in the before of Gideon, before he became the Gideon, the judge. But when he embraced the power of God through his faith, we also witnessed that he became the greatest spiritual leader, accomplished the thing that he could ever imagine otherwise. 
more, may you continue to uplift our spirit, uplift our heart to take on this lesson that we were told today, to embrace the power of God. So in this year, year 2021, will be the year that we can experience greatest accomplishments and greatest the fulfillment of your mission, of your calling that we are in, so that we can bring all the glory to you, Lord. We pray all in our Lord Jesus, Savior, Christ's name. God's people said, Amen.